I'm Jennifer Spivey, and you are listening to Coffee and Connect, an outreach of People's Church in Winter Haven, Florida. At Connect Women's Ministry, we believe there is power and blessings that come from making connections with God and with each other. Thanks for connecting with us today. I pray that the podcast is a blessing to you. Now let me turn it over to our host, Hannah. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coffee and Connect podcast. We are listening to part two of Donna Barrett's sermon from when she came to People's Church in January to speak. And she um, talked about prayer. And if you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, But this is part two. And she really talks about, um, you know, being saturated in prayer learning how to pray in private even when you are surrounded um where where you get your identity from the lord and um you know talking about mentoring and what that means uh you know in your prayer life so dive in really try and uh, grab hold of some of the truths she's speaking um and let's get started I remember when I was 10 years into youth pastoring at the church where I had become born again. I got saved at the age of 15 at Highway Tabernacle in Youngstown, Ohio, and I went for a season of secular work in the law office. And while I was doing that, I took global university courses because I felt the call of God on my life. And I ended up getting hired by my home church, and I served there as a youth pastor for 10 years. I wasn't looking for anything new. But a call came from a colleague saying, hey, I'm, I'm leaving my position. My pastor told me to replace myself before I go. I want you to come and interview to take my spot. I said, I'm not looking to move. That's okay. Well, a mentor said, just go for the benefit. It could be God, and it would be good for you just to go for the benefit of the interview. So I went for the interview, and the Lord began to stir my heart as a result of that to say, this might be time to move. It was really comfort I was holding on to. I wanted to stay at my home church. My family was there. My my little niece and nephew were attending that church. And I'm thinking, I'm not moving away from this. This This is a sweet situation. But I spent the night in prayer. I went to the sanctuary of that church. And I asked a friend, a prayer partner, to go with me. Because how many of you know that while the sanctuary is a lot of fun in the daytime when it's all lit up, when you're there through the night, you begin to hear all kinds of noises. And I was scared. So I invited a friend, will you come and pray with me through? Through the night, I've got a big decision I'm wanting to make. And so we spent the night in prayer. And the Lord didn't even speak to me in that moment of prayer. But a few days later, he made it very clear, this is for you. It's not going to be easy, but this is my will. Walk ye in it. When we can spend time saturating big decisions in prayer, we are most like Jesus's prayer life. Don't think you're fanatical for spending an all night in prayer because Jesus did it. Let's look at Luke chapter six, verses 12 and 13. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Oh, we just did that one. Thank you. (laughs) Let's go to the next one. Luke chapter nine, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he said, who do the crowds say I am? Now, this looks like an oxymoron here. It says, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, how could that be? Well, you can pray in private while you have a crowd around you. You might be sitting in a classroom and you're whispering a prayer, Lord, help me pass this test. You might be driving a school bus and it's full of children and behind, Lord, help me. You can be praying privately while you have people all around you. 
I did that just this week. I was in a legal deposition with attorneys and testimony going on. And in that moment, I was praying to the Lord. I was praying in private while I was with other people. You're going to be in situations where you can't dare pray out loud. It's not appropriate to do that. There's not the opportunity, but you can pray in private while you're with people. And Jesus was doing that. He came out of that time of prayer, not with a declaration of thus saith the Father or being instructive to other people. He came out of that time of prayer with a question. I would tell you that I will trade a well-placed question any day for a declaration of truth. When we're trying to collectively discern the will of God and someone says, well, here's what I believe or here's what I think God is doing, it's really the end of the discussion because who's going to argue with God through you? But if you can come out of a time of prayer with a well-placed, powerful question of what do you sense? Or what if we did that? Or how would, it, how would it impact if we were to? And Jesus comes out of a place of prayer with a powerful question instead of a declaration. Who do men say that I am? And he's talking about identity. There's no place you can polish identity quite like a place of prayer. If you feel like, oh, I'm just not enough, I can't do this, whatever it might be, that argument that's in your head, the place to realign identity is in a place of prayer before the Lord. Who do men say that I am? And Jesus comes out wanting to wrestle with his identity as perceived by the audience at that moment because he had been talking to the Father. Now was the time they were going to talk about that. I would encourage you to pull away from this particular prayer, uh, prayer statement here that when you come out of prayer, expect your identity to be improved because of who you've been with. When you come out of prayer, ask the Lord, what is the powerful question I should be asking as a result of spending time with you? And then ask that question in that situation and learn that from Jesus' example of prayer. Well, let's turn in the same chapter, just a few verses over to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 and 29. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up into a mountain to pray. And he was praying, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Jesus took his mentors into the presence of the Lord with him. What I often will observe in churches is that there are people who are very comfortable praying and they can really do business with God. And then there's another group of people that are not interested or maybe intimidated in the prayer room. But what if one group would mentor the other group? What if the person who is seasoned in prayer could find some on-ramps for people who need to be invited into that place of prayer? And I would ask you, in your prayer life, who are you mentoring and bringing along in that prayer experience? You know, if it weren't for mentors in my life, inviting me and teaching me and welcoming me into the presence of the Lord, I don't know that I would have ever learned how to pray. It started when I was a, a young adult in our youth group, and we would take um, students on tours in the summer and go from church to church and minister and sing and do skits and human videos and so forth back in the choir tour days. And in that setting, we would spend an hour in prayer before the service. 
And then as teenagers, we would be working the altars or out in street ministry, praying over other people. And if you get out of your normal environment into a culture where ministry is going on, you find yourself doing things that you would normally be scared to do, but hey, let's go for it. Let's witness on the street. Let's pray for people at the altar. Let's spend a whole hour in prayer, teenagers, before coming out on the stage. Yeah, it happened because we had mentors, because we had people saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to guide you through a time of prayer. And they were making an opportunity for the presence of the Lord to be experienced by teenagers as young as 12 and 13 years old traveling through the summer. And in this passage of scripture right here, we see Jesus giving us that example. He could have gone to the mountain by himself to pray like he sometimes did. But on this day, he took with him Peter, James, and John. Come on in to the presence of the Lord. Now they were clumsy. They said some things he had to correct. But collectively, they saw something that they would have never experienced had Jesus not invited them to go with him to the mountain. I want to encourage you in 2022 to look around and see, who could I mentor in prayer this year? Who could I bring into the presence of the Lord and help them to find an on-ramp to connect with God? Maybe it's your grandchildren. Maybe there's somebody at the office or in your workspace that you could come early and pray. I remember when I was working in the law office before I became a pastor, there, were, there was another Christian in that office, and we decided, let's come 30 minutes early to work and spend some time praying over our business and over our clients and so forth, and ask the Lord to bless this. And that was such a powerful turning point, not only for us personally, but for that business as well. And so look around and see who might you be able to bring along with you and mentor in the area of prayer, similar to what Jesus did with Peter, James, and John. Well, in this next passage of Scripture, in Luke chapter 10, verses 21 and 22, the Bible says this, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Well, just two takeaways. There's a lot in that passage. Full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Wow. As Pentecostals, we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit that we participate in on a regular basis. And boy, that is a great source of joy if we will allow it to be. It's a great source of joy, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And then throughout that whole passage, Jesus is pointing to the identity of the Heavenly Father. You know, many times when we pray, it can almost start to sound like a Santa Claus wish list of, Lord, here are the sick people I pray that you will heal. Here's what I need. Here's what's wrong in my budget. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Men, and we've, we're checking off things that we need to ask God to do for us and to give to us. But in this passage, you see a conversation going on between Jesus and God the Father about what God had in his heart. Not my will, but thine be done. You see a conversation here of not being directive to the Father on how this prayer should be answered, but rather communicating with God about who he is and what he's doing. And such a great example that we see. All right, everyone, that was the end of part two. Join us next week to finish this series out, and we will see you next time. Bye, y'all.
Thanks for listening in today. We'd love to hear from you, whether on today's topic or perhaps something you'd like to hear discussed. Email us at connectwomensministrypcwh at gmail.com or give us a follow on Instagram at connectwomensministrypcwh. Click the link in our bio for more ways to connect with us. Thanks again for joining us for Coffee and Connect, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.